Well, hello, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Joining us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works as a hospitalist with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. Great to see you and happy spring. Yes, it is definitely spring out there. Yes, everything (laughs) is turning green and it is just lovely we mm-hmm. we've been waiting for that haven't we definitely yes <laughs> our prairie doc essay this week uh by andrew this week talks about how it's always construction season for the body so we have spring and we also have road construction season i know yes. i had to take a different route to get to the studio this morning perhaps yep. you did I too, too. yeah <laughs> yes so it is definitely road construction season here around brookings uh but i I just kind of take my body for granted, and I don't think about the fact that it's constantly repairing and changing and doing what it needs to do. Let's talk about how our body is also un- always under yes. construction. So so kind of like the roads in Brookings. Yes. Our bodies are constantly under construction, repairing themselves. So, so, you know, the body you have today is not the one you had five years ago for many different reasons. And, you know, we think about our red blood cells. They only last for, you know, a couple, several weeks, yeah, up to like three months. Okay. And then they'll replace themselves. So there's a lot of things in our body that's designed to turn over skin cells, hair cells, uh, red blood cells. You know, your body is constantly replacing and renewing cells and making things new. So that's that's actually a good thing. Right. <laughs> yes. And yeah, you just don't think about that. But yeah, and with, same with road construction. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a bit inconvenient, mm-hmm. but it's also a really good thing. It's, we it's need a very good thing. Safe roads, these smooth mm-hmm. roads and growth in our community. So uh, it might be a little bit painful, but it's it's a good thing. Thankfully, uh, building new blood cells isn't as painful as road construction. Right. We don't notice it. <laughs> we don't notice it. <laughs> it just kind of happens in the background and yeah. and your body does its thing, but yeah. Yeah. So the essay also talks about how sometimes there are interruptions and yes. things maybe don't um, replace themselves the way we want them to. Mm-hmm. And the, the Prairie Doc topic this week is focusing on blood cancers, mm-hmm. which uh, I've learned there's several different types. Yes. So uh, there are different types of blood cancers, kind of depending on what cells are being affected. And, you know, when we think of other cancers, we think of like tumors or masses or lumps or something you can feel. Where this, it's more, it's affecting the blood cells and how they, they form. So okay. um, leukemia, that begins in the bone marrow, and then you get abnormal white blood cells. So your blood cells, which are a part of your immune system, help you fight off infections. They're not forming properly. So then you have a really bad immune system. Your body can't fight off cells because those white blood cells aren't formed properly. And then um, lymphoma, there's different types, Hodgkin's, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, Those are abnormal lymphocytes. And again, those are a different, a specific type of white blood cells. So, and affect the... um, lymph nodes and you know bone marrow thymus spleen other organs in the body so um that one's you know it all kind of depends on age which 
when you're more susceptible to it, exposures to certain uh, things like radiation or certain chemicals that can kind of make you at higher risk for that. And then there's multiple myeloma, and that's affecting the bone marrow. So where a lot of these cells are made um, in between your bones, because your bones aren't solid. There's, there's a hollow shaft, especially in the long bones, where you produce this bone marrow. And so multiple myeloma uh, affects that and affects the plasma cells. So, you know, plasma is the liquid portion of the blood, so kind of some of those um, proteins in the plasma. So that affects those. And... Um, it, it is a little bit harder to treat because you can't just, you know, cut out the, the mass or the tumor, the bad part, and mm-hmm. take it away. So when we're treating these, a lot of times we're doing, you know, um, these are cells that are designed to be rapidly reproducing normally because we're constantly producing new blood, new red blood cells, new white blood cells to fight infections. So you're... What we do normally to kill cancers is, you know, chemotherapy, radiation. We kill rapidly growing cells. Well, these are all rapidly growing cells. The good guys and the bad guys are both rapidly growing. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a lot more difficult. And sometimes we have to basically eradicate the entire immune system through chemotherapy and radiation and wipe it completely out, kill the bone marrow, and then do uh, a bone marrow transplant, give someone new bone marrow. But for this while, they have to be on what we call reverse isolation because they are susceptible to everything. They have no immune system, no way to fight off any infection. What would be the sniffles for you would be life-threatening to them. Mm -hmm. So we put these people on reverse isolation and try to keep them as protected in a bubble. Um, Mm -hmm. Remember back in the 80s, the boy in the bubble? Kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we give them new stem cells that hopefully will repopulate there in that bone marrow oh. that can either be donated from themselves and we take out the bad stuff and only give the good stuff back or donated from someone else who is a match. And then that uh, bone marrow repopulates, regrows. And so it's basically, you know, talking about like gardens. <laughs> if you went and you're like, oh my gosh, my garden is full of weeds and you just basically spray and kill everything the good plants the the bad plants everything just wipe it clean bring in new fresh dirt plant new seeds and start over rather than trying to pick out the weeds because it's impossible with a lot of these right we have a good friend who um is in his 40s and had multiple 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 myeloma myeloma. Uh very very scary Uh, (laughs) right but um he's gone through treatment and Mm -hmm. um did have the stem cell transplant all of that and we were talking with him and uh so now he was building his immune system back up Mm -hmm. and he had to go get all of his childhood immunizations again yes because you wiped out everything right so i hadn't really thought about that Mm -hmm. like yeah now you all those antibodies that you're you produced we've gotten rid of them all right we basically clean slate start over yeah uh yeah it's amazing amazing what uh treatment options there are Mm -hmm. they're not pleasant a lot of them there's a lot of newer ones the immunotherapy is a newer Mm -hmm. um, treatments which i'm not as familiar with so i I don't want to misspeak on those but you know hopefully our guests on the show will have lots of good information and can talk more in depth about all of the different options here. Yeah. So yeah, tomorrow night, Andrew Ellsworth is hosting and Dr. Xavier Andre Gonzalez from Avera, uh, who focuses on blood cancers, Mm -hmm. will be on the show and they will be talking about that and some of the latest treatment options and the different types of cancers and all of that. So if people Mm -hmm. are interested in that, make sure you tune in to the television show tomorrow night at seven o'clock 
on SDPB. Well, we're going to go to our first break and give our listeners an opportunity to call us in with any questions you would like us to address this morning. You can call us at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. The grass is growing, and that means it's time to mow. Please remember these safety measures to protect your health. Wear goggles, hearing protection, gloves, and long pants. Always wear sturdy closed-toed shoes while mowing the lawn. Do not drink alcohol or use other substances before or while using your lawnmower. Do not remove safety devices or guards on the mower and never insert hands or feet into the mower to remove grass or debris. Parents, teach these safety measures to your children. This safety tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Last week on the show, we had Dr. Marquin here, and she talked about uh, some of the updated technology available for treating breast cancer here in Brookings, which is fantastic. And uh, she also talked about the importance of colonoscopies. Uh, Dr. Cruz, I recently had a milestone birthday, and I'm thinking at my next physical, I'm going to be having conversations with my doctor about mammograms and colonoscopies. Um, what are what are some of the current recommendations? Yeah. So the current recommendations for colonoscopies has actually lowered. It used to be 50 was the magic number, and okay. now it lowered to 45. And, 45. And okay. guess what? I turned 45. So you have that <laughs> milestone. So I, ha- I hit that milestone, <laughs> and Dr. Johnston, who's my primary care provider, and Dr. Mariquin, um, both have been harassing me to the point where I s- <laughs> submitted. I'm like, fine, I will have my colonoscopy done. So they've been harassing me since my birthday in November, and I'm having my colonoscopy tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yay. Very good. Yes, I feel so grown up. Practicing what you preach, you Dr. To. Cruz. It is. It is. And, and I understand why patients have that, oh, do I have to do it? And yes, it's inconvenient. And the prep, I'm, I, I have not started, yes, uh, ask me later this year. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd be able to sit through the half hour show if yes. I had started the prep yet, but it starts later this uh, afternoon. Yes. And so why why are those colonoscopies so important, Dr. Cruz, and why are you doing? Yep. So do that the colonoscopy is the gold standard for colon cancer mm-hmm. detection um, because you're finding polyps before they have a chance to turn into cancer. So it's one of the few screening tests where it can actually prevent the disease that it's screening for. Mm-hmm. You know, think about any other test. A mammogram can't prevent you from getting breast cancer. A pap smear can't prevent you from getting cervical cancer. But a colonoscopy can. Right. So it, it's kind of unique in that way that, oh, not only can it tell me if I'm okay, it can hopefully keep me from having any issues in the future. So, you know, there's really, you know, a lot of the other tests are looking for, you know, either cancer cells in the stool or um, blood in the stool that would be released by a tumor. By the time a tumor's bleeding, it's pretty big. Mm -hmm. So the colonoscopy is finding those itty bitty little teeny tiny precancers or early cancers that sometimes can be 
removed during the, the process, which is a great thing. Right. So, you know, the other thing is a lot of those screening tests rely on something being found in the stool. And if it's not found at that exact moment, you know, in those three samples, yeah, there's, it's just not as good. So right. they're good. And especially if you're not willing or able to do the full colonoscopy. But really, if you're going to go through the trouble of dealing with it, just do it and do it right. So. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So you'll yeah. you'll have to report back to us mm-hmm. uh, how how much experience. fun it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my Gatorade. So yes, good for you for yeah. making it happen. Yep. Right, and We're it gonna is a challenge happen. just to find a day or two that you can just kind of that you can figure it out. Do and, this uh-huh. and have someone to drive you to okay. and from. Yep. You know, it's yep, it is, but important to prioritize. But it is important to prioritize your health. You know. Um, Leaving this and having to deal with cancer is also very inconvenient. So yeah, I would much right. rather have one day of inconvenience than let something go that I could have potentially found and treated earlier. Mm-hmm. So you said the recommendation is now age 45. 45, okay. yes. Unless the caveat is you have a first-degree relative for a parent, sibling, or child who has had colon cancer. And then you start 10 years from earlier than when they were diagnosed if it is before the age of 45. So if okay. they were, you know, diagnosed at 40, which unfortunately can happen, you'd mm-hmm. start at 30. If they were diagnosed, you know, at 47, you'd th- start at 37. So oh, okay. you go start 10 years younger because we know colon cancer is a slow, tends to be a slower growing cancer, can take, you know, 10 years from that first abnormal cell to a full-blown cancer. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And that's why we stop generally at 80 because if you have colon cancer starting when you're 80, you are more likely to die of something else than the colon cancer. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. So if you have a, you said a parent, a child. Or a or, sibling. Or a sibling. Okay. Mm-hmm. With yep. colon so cancer. Then you do 10 years um, earlier than when they were diagnosed or 45, whichever comes first. Okay. Got and it. then that will be a more frequent screening with that family history. Okay. Got it. Let's also talk about mammograms mm-hmm. and the recommendations and ages for that. I think yep. I heard so, in the news it just changed again. Maybe. Oh, boy. If it's just changed <laughs> again, then I, I might be misspeaking. So uh, 40 to 50 was kind of the area that's in most contest, whether yeah. it needs to be done yearly or every other year. Um, that's a very good conversation after with with your doctor if if it's changed i i apologize i believe what i heard is they were kind of going back to that 40 the 40 yeah yearly but i understand different groups sometimes have it a little bit of a difference and why why is that why is that well um i think it kind of comes down to the u.s preventative task force looks like what's the greatest good for the most number of people what's Mm -hmm. the most cost effective way of doing this because Mm -hmm. if we're having a lot of false positives where we think someone has something and then we're going through the treatment. What is the emotional suffering for the person? What's the cost of going through additional testing and biopsies and surgeries? You know, what is that cost worth over? So, um, but if you're talking to someone like the American Cancer Society, they're like, one missed cancer is one too many. Sure. So we're okay with a couple of false positives because we would rather, it's worse to miss a cancer than to overcall mm-hmm. a cancer. So the two groups are kind of at odds. So U.S. Preventive Task Force, what's the greatest good for the most amount of people? We're okay with missing a few. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for not overcalling it, where usually the cancer societies and the doctors are like, one missed is one too many. Mm -hmm. So they tend to be the... Uh, individual medical societies tend to be a little bit more conservative. Okay. So, uh, and those mammograms, I'm sure, are changing with technology as well. Mm-hmm. And probably 3D catching. mammograms is now the standard. Okay. You know, before it was a, a typical 2D. And then reading them, they're very difficult to read. So there's usually a lot of computer assisted. You know, this is, I think, a great place where AI is going to kind of come in and help with the diagnosis. Would It would tell the doctors, hey, Look at this, because they kind of look like, I don't know, the best way to describe a mammogram, it kind of looks like the Death Star. <laughs> it's kind of this fuzzy, gray, amorphous circle. And, yes. you know, how do you know that that little speck is something important or not? Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, using computer-aided technology where they have scanned literally thousands, millions of scans and said, okay, people with cancer all had scans that look like this and compare it to the current one, where when you're going with a a human, you know, a, sure. a radiologist, there is judgment calls mm-hmm. and, you know, air, people will have errors right. and will miss things. Right. So, yeah, that will be interesting to follow. Mm-hmm. To see how that, I, I can really see that as a place where it could be utilized as an adjunct. Mm-hmm. Um, but gut instincts will, you know, there there have been times where, you know, gut instincts are right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and you know, the um human experience and judgment can never be replaced mm-hmm. with, you know, just a, an algorithm that yeah. you're following. So So there will be need to be a balance. I think there needs to be a balance mm-hmm. with with all of this. Right. Well it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at six oh five six nine two 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Look for Prairie Deck wherever you find your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Attention drivers, there are many bikers on the road. Please remember these rules. Share the road. Bicyclists have the same rights to the road as motor vehicles do. It is the law to allow three feet between your car and the bicyclist. Give bicyclists space on the road. When turning right, look right before proceeding. Always check the sidewalks as well as the traffic lanes when merging or turning. Slow down and watch for pedestrians and bicyclists. The Avera Medical Group Brookings encourages drivers as well as bikers to help prevent accidents. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, we had a question come in. The listener heard on the news, if you're on a call, a cell phone for 30 plus minutes, is there radiation that may affect your blood pressure? He has hypertension and is concerned about it. Um, So we're asking about if there's possible maybe radiation from being on your cell phone mm -hmm. for 30 plus minutes. Have you heard much about this, Dr. Cruz? Uh, Honestly, no. That is a, a new question for me that I don't think I've ever quite concerned um i mean we do have radio waves 
with cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I haven't heard that there's been, I mean, cell phones really kind of came into existence in our, our lifetime here. So, right. you know, I haven't heard about, um, you know, big increases in cancer or blood pressure or other things associated with cell phone use specifically. Um, there have been studies about radiation exposure, increasing blood pressure. That was with um, people that worked at uh, like cleanup at Chernobyl or nuclear power plant workers or survivors from um, nuclear bombings from Hiroshima and, um, you know, with World War II. Okay. You know, those uh, higher blood pressure, uh, people that work in radiology, they have to wear like these little radiation tags to, you know, kind of track their cumulative exposure to radiation. And we do know that, yes, radiation can increase blood pressure. um, But whether your cell phone emits enough to do that, I don't know, but I do remember, you know, news articles before, oh, we should go to hands-free cell phones because we're all going to end up with brain tumors because <laughs> our phone's by our sure. head all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, that really hadn't played out that I've mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, talking about cell phone radiation and blood pressure in sp- specifically, I haven't heard that. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Just I haven't heard that. So. Yeah. That is a very interesting thing that now I kind of want to jump down that rabbit hole and do some research. Sure, (laughs) sure. I I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll have to read up on that. Um, Obviously, you know, kind of depends. What are you doing on the cell phone for 30 minutes? Are you holding it? Are you using a hands-free, you know, Bluetooth device? Are you having it on a speakerphone and it's on the table? I mean. Yeah. So maybe for peace of mind, you could try some other options. Try some other options and see. But I, I honestly... Don't know, but hypertension is so ubiquitous, um, as well as cell phones. Yes. <laughs> but I would say, you know, correlation and causation are, are two different things. You know, just because you have a cell phone and doesn't necessarily mean that would cause high blood pressure any more than by saying, I have a car. Sure. You know, you, so you could say, um, there, there was a very interesting um, topic talking about causation and correlation, um, saying, you know, every child that has cerebral palsy went home in a car seat. Therefore, car seats must cause cerebral palsy. Mm. We know that that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But every child that has cerebral palsy went home in a car seat. Well, every child that didn't have cerebral palsy also went home in a car seat. So mm-hmm. just because two things are correlated doesn't mean that it happens. Or another study I saw one time said that ice cream sales are correlated with shark attacks. Uh-huh. You know, shark attacks go up. At the same time that ice cream sales go up. So maybe ice cream attracts sharks. <laughs> no. Right. But that, that is an example of correlation. So are these correlated or is it causing? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I would venture to guess it's more a correlation rather than a causation. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the amount of radiation is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, too low to damage any DNA. So I would suspect causing blood problems with blood pressure in my educated opinion which that is all it is an educated <laughs> opinion i would say no okay all right uh you made a comment where you're explaining that about a uh, radiation tag dr yes Cruz. that's fascinating tell mm-hmm. me more about what that yep. is so there's these little octagon tags about the size of a silver dollar that they clip onto their um vest okay and when they're in the rooms that 
tracks how much radiation exposure they've had. Okay. And if it gets to a certain level, you're done. You can't be around. Like for the day you're done or for like... Oh, I'm, I'm not even okay. sure. That's okay. It's getting pretty specific here. But yeah. But I do so know that they do that have they to wear track. that. So the radiologist texts, the the cardiologists that are doing angiography, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's very important where that kind of, that we know is direct radiation exposure. Sure. Far much more than a cell phone could ever right. produce. Um, but that is a very valid concern for a lot of uh, female um, physicians, radiology techs, you know, especially when they're pregnant, they mm-hmm. will wear double lead protection and then monitor their, um, they'll put one of those tags on their stomach to okay. kind of see how much is reaching, you know, their abdomen area, yep. as opposed to usually they clip it around their chest or their neck. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good tools to have. Yeah. To radiation tags to kind of mention of how things. much. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Be aware with warmer weather, you may find ticks. Ticks live in grassy, bushy, or wooded areas. Spending time outside walking your dog, camping, gardening, or hunting can bring you in close contact with ticks. To prevent ticks from attaching, treat your clothes and gear with products containing 0.5% permethrin. Permethrin can be used to treat boots, clothing, and camping gear and remains protective through several washings. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Dr. Cruz, we have a question here about HPV vaccination. What are HPV vaccines, and who do you recommend gets an HPV vaccine? Okay, so HPV stands for human papillomavirus. It is a common virus that almost everyone's exposed to at some point in their life. Um, HPV virus is uh, responsible for a lot of warts, and it is also responsible, there's a different type of HPV, there's multiple strains, just like there's multiple strains of the cold virus. So certain HPV viruses cause warts, certain ones can cause cervical cancer and can cause throat cancers. So the HPV virus is um, given generally to um, younger people. It wasn't available when we were growing up, so that's why most adults haven't had it because okay. it's it's uh, one of the newer vaccines to come out. So uh, it's given in mainly children 11 to 12 years old. <clears throat> uh, it first started out when it first came out, it was given to girls uh, mm-hmm. because of the cervical cancer. Uh, a lot of most cervical cancers being caused by HPV virus. And again, that this virus is so ubiquitous that pretty much everyone's exposed to it by the time they hit 20. Okay. Um, and then it did expand to being um, given to boys as well, because while they generally don't tend to get, obviously boys don't have cervixes, so they mm-hmm. can't get cervical cancer, um, they can get other types of cancer. Um, like I said, certain HPVs can give anal cancer, throat cancer, um, as well as cervical cancer. So while boys initially were thought to be, oh, more carriers, they're like, you know, there are these other cancers that boys can get as well. And um, how about we treat both rather than just one? Mm -hmm. So now it is a vaccine that's given to both boys and girls. Um, 11 to 12 is the typical age. You can go down as young as nine to give it. Um, 
And if you get it before you're 15, you only need two shots. If you get it after 15, you need three. So um, the recommendation is to get it younger. It's best to uh, get it before someone is sexually active, and that's why this tends to be a very um, polarizing vaccine, uh, because it is best before someone has been exposed to any sexual activity because that's where we're the cervical cancer that's how you get it through mm-hmm. sexual contact mm-hmm. so um you know they're like oh my 11 year old's nowhere near getting sex that's true and right. your 15 year old probably isn't either hopefully right but if you get it before they've had any exposure that's going to give them the best protection okay. so it's not giving them permission to have sex it's just protecting them against cancer before they've likely had contact with the virus in that area. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. So it sounds like if we, if our kiddos have it before they're 15, they just need two mm-hmm. of the of the series, and then if it's after that, perhaps three. Yes. But it is recommended. Are we seeing lower cervical cancer yeah. rates? Yes. Okay. It works. It works. Okay. So that's that's good because mm-hmm. yeah, that's um. That's a scary one too, isn't that it? That is a that, scary one. So yeah, so thankful for some of these advances so we can pr- help protect these kiddos. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thanks for the information. Well, before we go, please do be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This Thursday, May 11th, Prairie Doc host Andrew Ellsworth is joined by Dr. Xavier Andre Gonzalez from Avera as they talk about hematologic cancers or cancers of the blood. So tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>